Okay, so I want to talk a little bit about Hanukkah, and I want to talk about, along with Hanukkah, I want to talk about the Parsha, because that's what we're supposed to do this week. So being that Monday Shabbos is uh, our Sunday night, is the beginning of Hanukkah, it seemed apropos to discuss it and uh, figure out uh, the connection between this week's Parsha and Hanukkah both together. Um, there's, a, there's some fascinating, some fascinating ideas. And again, some much of this Torah is thanks to um, Aaron Lapiansky, but uh, it, the, this idea is is phenomenal, a beautiful, phenomenal, a very, very interesting concept. I start with a medrash from the Yalkut Ruveni. Yalkut Ruveni is a it's a it's a it's a collection of medrashim and and other other. Uh, Chazals and Zohars and things like that, not so not so commonly used, but uh, but it, it nevertheless uh, very fascinating. Some very fascinating stuff. It brings a a medrash that says or a Maimer Chazal that says, "Hadudayim nosnu the Dudayim, the mandrakes, give their uh, scent. The al pischenu kol minei and by our and by the entrances to our homes are all sorts of mine megadim, or all sorts of fine spices, or fine, fine smelling things. So Medrash is discussing, it would seem, the Medrash is discussing the Dudaye Ruvain, the Dudaye Ruvain, which is from the from <clears throat> from uh, last week's parsha that Ruvain brought for his mother, and that Leah gave up. To Yaakov, and because she gave up the Dudaim, she was Zoha. She married to have two more children to have Yisachar and Zivulun, which we'll, we'll see the significance of that in a moment. And and by the entrances to our home, Armine Megadim. Excuse me for just a moment. Okay, so the entrance to our home, Aminei Magadim, different types of spices. The question is, Aminei Magadim clearly is referring to Pescheinu, the mitzvah that we do near the entrance to our house. That's the mitzvah of Hanukkah. So it refers to Hanukkah. What exactly is the connection between the Dudaye Ruvain, the, the mandrakes of Ruvain, Ruvain, and the and the Minei and the uh, um, and the uh, um, and Hanukkah? It's hard to understand. It's just a doesn't seem to the two things don't seem to be connected. And why specifically it should be referred to as Mine Magadim? What 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 is the Mine Magadim of, of Hanukkah exactly? What exactly is that referring to? Also, we'll have to see in greater detail. Every Yamtav, every Yamtav we say halo. Halo is a way of <clears throat> expressing a structured way of expressing Shira, of expressing through song, expressing our spiritual connection, our thanks to Rivanasham. For the different nisim that happened to us on that particular Yom Tov. Hanukkah is unique in that not only is there a mitzvah of Hallel, not only is there a mitzvah of saying soft song, of recognizing the nase, but what we say in the nisim, we say it's l'hoidois ulahano, to give haidah and to say halal. Meaning is to give thanks and to say halal and to. Uh, to burst out into song or uh, observation of the nace. The question is, 
what exactly is the aspect of Hoidah and what does the aspect of Hoidah add to our celebration of Hanukkah that we're, that, we're, that we're supposed to be and that we're entertaining over here? That's question number one. Question number two with regard to Hoidah is Hoidah means, means, to, means to give thanks. But it's connected to another very fascinating word, which is also very prominent in the expression of Hanukkah, which is the expression of hide. Hide, I think a good translation for hide would be splendor. Splendor means means not just something that's beautiful, but something that's amazingly, awesomely beautiful. Something that is that is breathtakingly, uh, an overcomingly magnificent. Um, that's what, that's what Haid is. So what's the connection between Haidah, between Haidah, between 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 the idea, the concept of Haidah giving thanks, and Haid as an expression of beauty or glory or splendor, magnificence, something that is breathtakingly that, that, that takes our breath away. And if once we're discussing this concept of Haid, so we find other expressions that the Torah uses to refer to, refer to for as being beautiful. And they're very snogay in this week's parasha, of course, because it says uh, that we talk about Yosef as being a yefei tayar, right? And what is is the expression of yofi. Yofi is also an expression for beauty that is used in the Torah. The question is, what's the difference between hoid and yofi? What's the what? How are these concepts? Uh, how do we tease them out? How do we how do we step separate between them? And what is what is significant about Hod versus Yofi? So, like this. If we're going to discuss Yofi, so Yofi seems to be, the concept of Yofi as it appears in the Torah, appears to be that something that is a revelation of its of, of the essence of something that is perfectly symmetrical, that things come together in exactly the way they're supposed to, and it expresses something that, that comes together as being beautiful. That's that's Yofi. Yofi means like Yafta Lokim Yefes. Greece is into aesthetics, into the aesthetic beauty of things. That's what's referred to as Yofi. We see we find that Rachel Imenu is referred to as as a fast tayar. She was beautiful. Her appearance, the moment Yaakov saw her, she appeared as being somebody who's beautiful. Yosef. <laughs> Yosef <coughs> Atzarek, in the beginning of this week's parsha, also is referred to as being yofe, as being as having a certain yofi. Yofi is beauty in the sense that in the fullness of what something can be, in the completion of of of, it, of what it's supposed to look like, it can be considered yofi. It can be considered something that's beautiful. Hod, on the other hand, seems to be a deeper expression. Hod is is as I said before. Hod d- d- uh, is a, a an expression of magnificence, of um, something that is glory, something that is glorious, something that has a splendor to it. I mean, it's it's awe inspiring in what it what it is. In other words, it's not that it's not just simply that the that everything comes together and it's beautifully symmetrical. It's when you see this. When you observe this, you see something that is bursting out of itself, and it's overwhelming in its in, it, in the attraction that it, that that it, that it that it shows for me. It's something that can that that brings out um, a deeper element. You know, where, where do we find this concept of hold in the Torah? You find that that by Moshe Rabbeinu, the Torah tells us that he had karne hoid. He had 
this is a this is a famous idea. You ever, if you ever wondered why do the anti-Semites think that Jews have horns? So the reason is because 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 the pasuk says Kikaron bar ponav shal Moshe. It says that Moshe Menor's face shone and was like a kar, Karen R. It was like a it was like a beam of light that shone out from within him. These are referred to as the Karnehod of Moshe Menor. But but the translator. The translator of the King James Version of the Bible knew that the word Karen means a horn. So he said Moshe Rabbeinu had Karne Hod. And that's exactly how I believe one of the uh, famous um, Renaissance painters actually painted Moshe Rabbeinu as having horns protruding from his head, like horns of light protruding from his head. And this is, I believe, this is perhaps one of the, uh, just as an aside, right? This is a um, one of the makaros, this, the sources for this idea that the Gaim, if you, I've had m- numerous times um, uh, different situations where 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 uh, the Gaim think that my that my yarmulke is hiding is hiding horns underneath it. That's where the Jews' horns are hiding. You know, obviously, then then it got it got, it got uh, um, uh, sublimated with, with devil worship, etc. And you know that since we're reincarnates of the devil, so therefore, just like the devil has horns, so the Jews have horns. But it, but the makar for it in the Torah is Moshe Rabbeinu's karnei hide. But the karnei hide of Moshe Rabbeinu was that Moshe Rabbeinu's body, his physical being, his his couldn't contain the essence of the, the ruchniyastik person. Moshe Rabbeinu, after his encounter with the Rebbeinu Shalman Har Sinai, his in his the his countenance shone forth in such a way that his neshama, his, the essence of his spiritual being shone out from him, couldn't be contained within his body. His body could not, could not mask, could not hold on to the reality of what his, what is of the Kedusha, of what Moshe Benin really was. And that's, that's a shot that, that's, that's what Haid is. Haid is, Haid is that you have a, you have a container, but the container can't, Hold what's in it. It, it doesn't. It doesn't speak. What's in it is far more magnificent than what it. It's bursting forth with being something that's so much more deeper, much so much deeper, so much more than what appears on the on the outside. Um, so like Majamil, his <coughs> even though all of us have a neshama within our guf, normally the neshama is hidden inside inside the guf. It's contained within the merkava, within the chariot of what we call guf. But sometimes it just it, there are people. Sometimes you meet people who have also that like what we call when we talk about certain gedolim. We talk about we talk about them. You see these people and they're awe inspiring in their appearance. It's not it's not because they have a tremendous physique. Or, or incredibly uh, sculpted uh, uh, body, body. It, it's it's much deeper than that. It's it's their whole essence shines forth as being something more than just this person. So that's what we call. They have a person who has a hadras upon him. Comes the same word. It's, it's hide the height of that person, the the luminescence of what, what that is, the magnificence, the splendor of that is something that bursts forth from them and, and can't be contained in what they really are. That's a fascinating concept, fascinating idea. Rachel Imenu, Rachel and Leah represent these two concepts of Yoifi and Haid. Yoifi and Haid. And <clears throat> in the sense like, as follows. As we mentioned before, the Pasuk says in Parshvayete already, the Pasuk refers to Rachel Imenu as being a Yafei Tayar, as being beautiful. She had her own innate, her own innate beauty. That, that beauty was her. 
what she was. She appeared as a beautiful person. She, her, she was complete in everything that she made of herself. Leah represents Hyde. Like we find, the, the Pasuk says, by Leah, it says, Apam Hashem. Leah's whole mida, her whole character trait, is to give, give Haidah. The difference between Yoifi and Haid is Yoifi is the structure of something as I see it in front of me. That's what it is. It, it, it's structured beautifully. It in and of itself contains or its symmetry brings out, speaks, pro- proclaims a certain beauty. Haid, on the other hand, is something that's beyond just the self. It's not just what it is. It's something that's greater than oneself. Ra- Leah, Be'etzim, the Medrash tells us that Leah was not supposed to, any Leah Rakois, the Medrash on that Pasuk, the famous Medrash, that's from Parshish Vayete. Leah was not supposed to be in the Bechin, was not supposed to fall into the into the, into the Chelek of Yaakov Avinu. She only came to Yaakov Avinu because Rachel Imenu gave her the Simanim, which her whole greatness, her whole, who she was, or what she stemmed from, or she only became into the Chelek of Yaakov, I would say, on a, on, a, on a deeper level, was because Yaakov took over the Bechina of Esau, like we spoke back in Parshas Toldos. Yaakov Avinu expressed the Gvura, which was, which was Esau, the gevura of the ish tzayid, of the hunter, the willingness to overcome something else. And within that, because Yaakov took over the Bechina of Esau, so therefore Rach, Leah fell into his chalak. Leah became a part of what was supposed to be joined to him. It had nothing to do with Leah herself. It was something that's greater than her because is what becomes an expression of herself. That's what Leah says, which has a fourth challenge. It says, Hapam Hashem. As opposed to Rachel Imenu, when she expresses her 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 thanks for her child. What did she say? Ki osaf Hashem Hashem has removed my shame because it's my shame. It's about me. It's about an expression of a completion. This that I had a child now is a completion of myself. Rachel Imenu, Leah, excuse me, her, the completion of herself is in Yehuda. Yehuda is the shlemus of, of, of Leah, which because ultimately the expression of Malchus, of the greatness of Rachel Imenu is expressed through Yosef and ultimately through Menashe and Ephraim and the, and the, the Malchai Yisrael. And the greatness of, of Aleah is expressed through the Malchai Yehuda is, is, is the Malchus of David HaMelech and Mashiach ben David, etc. That, that the difference between them is Leah's comes from a, from a place of Haidah, of giving thanks, a place of Haidah. When you give thanks to somebody, you recognize that there's something that's greater than yourself. Every time I give thanks, when I'm, when I'm thanking somebody for something that they did for me, when I give when I give over an expression of that I'm thanking you, it means that I'm showing that I recognize that as much as whatever I contributed to this particular project, there's somebody who is bigger than me or greater than me, something else that added on. It's not just me. It's something that's great, greater than the sum total of what you see here in front of you. It's me plus you. It's you. You also had a part in it, as opposed to um, Yofi, which we said is is the symmetry, the beauty of how something expresses itself. That's in and of itself. That's what it is. So Rachel is an expression of Yofi, whereas opposed to Leah is is his gabros is is Haidah. Le, Leah is she is she is a a vehicle for expressing something that's greater than herself. Um, that the, and ultimately, again, that expresses itself in Yehuda and expresses itself in Yosef. Expre- again, if you take a look in this week's parsha, and this is how joins. This is how this this concept comes is very strongly brought out in this week's parsha. In this week's parsha, we have a fa- fascinating juxtaposition: the juxtaposition of 
the chet, so to speak, or the tshuva, or the grid, the aliyah l'gedula, the, the, the shorish of the malchus of Yehuda, and the aliyah l'gedula, and the shorish of the malchus, and the shorish of, of, of what's ultimately going to express itself as the greatness of Yosef. Yehuda is chayte, he sins, he falls down, and then he has to get back up and he has to rebuild himself, he has to be maida la'emes, he has to, he has to give haydah on what he did, right? And in the same way, in the same way, Yosef almost falls down. Yosef is about to fall down. The Gemara tells us that Yaakov Avinu says that, that he never knew that, that, that he would be able to see the, pay, the face of Yosef in, in the coming weeks, Parshas and Parshas Vayigash. It says Yaakov Avinu saw Yosef for the first time. So the Pshat is, Yaakov didn't think that he'd be able to see Yosef's face again because he didn't think that Yosef was going to survive the trials and tribulations of what happened. But Yosef is somehow digs deep inside himself. There's a fascinating Gemara over there in the Saita that discusses at great, great length how Yosef dug deeply within himself and he, he envisioned the face of Yaakov Aminu, and that face of Yaakov Aminu saved him from the Avera. So Yosef is the sum total of himself. He never falls. Yosef is the Tzadik Mitchilos, Mitchilos of Atzofim. From beginning to end, he remains what he is. Yehuda falls. Yehuda falls, and Yehuda has to build himself back up again. Yehuda has to pick himself back up and turn himself back into what he needs to be. In order to fall and come back up, you have to be, you have to get, you have to give Say a haidu. You have to be maida alamis. You have to be maida that you were not strong enough to be what you're supposed to be. Yaakov Yehuda says, "Tzad kamimeni that Tamar was was more righteous than I was." He's makir. He realizes that he that on his own he taka fell down. He fell short of what he was supposed to be. He needs the. <laughs> Excuse me. He needs the process of tshuva in order to bring himself back. One second, please. So, what we're saying is this. What we're saying is that Yehuda, Yehuda is Hyde. Yehuda is this idea of splendor. Yehuda is something that's more than just himself. He his God. You know, there's a famous, there's a famous Maimon Chazal, really a stira in Chazal, in Chazal, seem what seems a stira, but this is exactly what, what, what it says. It says in one place, it says that, um, that, that, B'mokam Shabale Tshuva Oymdin, Sham Tzadikim Gmurim, Tzadikim Gmurim, And on the other hand, it says that for Tzadikim Gmurim, HaKadosh Baruch Hu is Ayin Lo Yiroaso Elohim Zulasecha. Only HaKadosh Baruch Hu can see the place where Tzadikim really goes. So which one, it sounds like, which one is greater than the other. But the chat is like this, the, the godless of, of, of Bali Tshuva is, is, is Mokam where Bali Tshuva Oymdin is, is Tzasham Tzadikim Gmurim, people who are made up of their of themselves, they'll never be able to reach where the Baal Tshuva comes to. Why? Because the Baal Tshuva is not just himself. He's the Tziruf, he's the combination of himself and the 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 siyat the 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 assistance the the the, the inherent connection to the Rebbe that's that's on a on a whole different level. Now, 
In the Ulus Ha'ilam, we find a similar idea, we find a similar concept. The Pasuk says, by Yavan, who is Yavan? The Pasuk says, by Yavan, Yafdel Kim Le Yafes, for Yishkain, by Ayal Hashem. Yafes, which is Yavan, right, is, 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 has this bracha of Yofi. When the bracha of Yofi is properly expressed, it's Ba'ayal Hashem. Ba'ayal Hashem, shame is, shame is the place where there is Hoid. There's a Pasuk in, um, there's a pasuk in Daniel, where Daniel is describing the different Goliaths, and in one of his dreams, he sees that he sees the Yofi of 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 Yavon is coming to be Shaiver, the hide of shame, the hide of Kaliso, right? It's the the hide, the 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 expansive glory, the splendor of what is Kaliso. The Yefes tries to. Block that out. You have to look at him. The struggle against Yefes is that that they that that they're they're trying to block out what is what is that kedusha of of, of what Yavan is. Yavan is the expression of aesthetic beauty. That's that's the whole essence of what Yavan's all about. <coughs> In fact, the godless of Yavan, the greatness of Yavan, if we really want to examine as we and in, in the light of what we see as Western culture, what's the underpinning of Western culture is the study of science. Science is the observation of what is and understanding how things are, what they are based on our observations of what we can see about them. We can only see what, what's in front of us and that contains the entirety of what of the picture that, we're trying, that, that we try to look at. That's Yavan. That's Yavan's, Yavan's whole mida, Yavan's whole character trait is Yofi, is looking at the symmetry, looking at the way things pull, pull together, looking at how all of that is exactly where, where, where it belongs. The, uh, the, uh, the, 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 the clash of cultures between Yavan and Yisrael is that Yisrael sees that there's the person, there's what you can see about the human being, fascinating, amazing, incredible, etc. But there's even more than that. There's something that's higher than that that can't be touched upon by science, that it can't be measured in a in a in a in a lab that can't be contained. So we call them a shama. It's, it's the element of what the person is, of, of the ruchness of what it, what it, what it's supposed to be. When Yavan wants to express itself simply as Yavan, but not the ayaleshem, not just as the as the as within the context of the tent of shame, which is to see it that there's shame is to understand that there's a deeper essence, that there's something that's that's more here, right? The idea of, of Yavan is to only see the boundaries as we see them in front of us. So Yavan neged Yisrael, Yavan against Kaisal is, is this struggle between what's observable versus what is something that is brilliant and breaking through that's on a that's on a much that's on a much higher level now there's a there's an element of type of yo, of yif of of yofi that's that's that that is necessary in the bria and that is a, that is a that is a part of what we want to do a person a place should be a makama mikdash has to be a place that has to have aesthetic beauty to it also it should reflect the fact that something great is going on over here and that this is a place that is attractive that i want to be a part of Kivega writes in his Hakdama, in his in his sons write in the 
in the, in, I believe it's in his Hakdama to his Chedushim and Shulchan Aruch, that Rabbi Kivegar was Makpid Gomer, that when they print his farm, they should write them with the best possible ink, using the best possible printing press that's available at the time on the best possible paper, because the, what, you're, what you're showing must reflect the beauty of what it is. It has to be, it has to be something that, I, that, that reflects that beauty, that aesthetic beauty, but there's a dimension of it that's even higher than that. The combination, the the the, the kayach of Leo, the kayach of, of Yehuda, that is shayach over here, is even higher than that. And that's why Mashiach ben Yosef versus Mashiach ben David is like this. Mashiach ben Yosef is limited. He can only bring out the beauty of what the world is. But to bring the world to an even higher level, to its completion, for that you need a Mashiach ben David. The, the, the outcome of of of, of Yosef, unfortunately, is 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 Yeravim and Navat is is the the descendant of Menashe who ultimately re- re- leads Kaiso off the dark, even though initially he's 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 put there for the right reasons, but every, ultimately leads him off. As opposed to the expression that the outcome of Yehuda is Malchus based Yehuda, la Yasser Shevet Yehuda, la Yasser Shevet Yehuda, Machaykik Mivain Raglov. That the 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 reality of the reign of Yehuda will never end. That the Shlemus that comes out of that because Yehuda. Yehuda is the expression of Leah. He's expression of an inner dimension of greatness that's higher, that 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 is more than what you see. Oh, if in Cain, if we understand that, then we understand what the whole Yom Tov of Hal, the why the Yom Tov of, of, of Hanukkah is different than other Yom Tovim. Other Yom Tovim, we're just simply expressing the hollow. We're expressing our thanks. We see the nace that you did. We're the Sukkot, we see the Kiris Yamsov, we see the Matzan Torah. We see the nace that you did. We say hollow. We thank you, Ashokadosh Baruch for everything that we see in front of us. We give you hollow. But on Hanukkah, it's a whole different dimension of coming to thank the Rimon Shalom. On Hanukkah, what we're coming to thank the Rimon Shalom is we have to first see the splendor. There's something here that's higher. There's something here that's more. There's a breaking out of, a, of an inner dimension that hasn't been expressed until this point. That's, that, has, that, that requires a haida, a giving thanks, a recognizing of Hashem, the connection to the Rebbe Shalom in what we're doing, and then elevating ourselves beyond that to, to then to then to, to then be able to say the halal that is that is that is significant over here. A whole new idea in how we and how we're connecting to the Rebbe Shalom, and that's. But if you take a look in the Nase of Hanukkah, the the whole Nase of Hanukkah is predicated on these realities. All all those ideas. What what's going on? It's like this. Think of it like this. There's two dimensions to how we do mitzvahs. We do mitzvahs. You're supposed to do mitzvahs. All the mitzvahs that we're supposed to do, they give a chiyasus. They give us a certain yofi. They give us an appreciation of our relationship with HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Mitzvahs or a ring. There's a, there's, a, there's a yofi that comes. There's a symmetry that comes in the relationship between us and HaKadosh Baruch Hu. There's another entire dimension to mitzvahs that goes way beyond that. And we call that Mesiris Nefesh. Mesiris Nefesh is not the shop that I just do a mitzvah, but I do it on a deeper level. Mesiris Nefesh is a whole different reality. There's two realities that in the halacha, in, 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 in being Mekayim halachas. One is, you have to live by the mitzvahs. Mitzvahs are something to live by, meaning they create a fullness of our lives and that we can be observed that this is exactly what we're supposed to be doing. 
But there's another dimension to mitzvahs, and that's called mesiris nefesh. Mesiris nefesh is a whole new idea. It's that it's that recognizing that the mitzvah is something that transcends just my life. It's more than just my chiyas. It's more than just my life. It's beyond my life. It's, it, it has to express itself as something more than who I am. Hanukkah is the yom tov of mesiris nefesh. You have people, what are Rabbim in every possible way? They're Miyatim in the fact that they're not as trained soldiers, they're not a professional army, there aren't as many of them. And still, Al Kiddush Hashem, for the, the, the whole idea of Hanukkah was Mesiris Nefesh, giving your, it's worthwhile to give. We have what Kaisal has. The Tiferes, the, the height of Kaisel, the glory, the splendor of the magnificence of what we are that can't be dulled and limited to the Yoifi of what, what Yavan is. That it's a simple asymmetrical, the observable reality as, as a perfect gorilla. You're, you're not just a perfect a, a human being is something that is elevated above, that's 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 transcends to another dimension. For that, you requires mysterious nefesh, and that requires saying. It's this, this that you see in front of you is more than what you think it is. So Rabbin Biyam of course, the, the many are given over into the hands of the few. The trained are giving it over into the hands of the, un, of the untrained. Because those untrained are expressing a reality that's more than just themselves. It's not just what you see in front of you. It's something that's much bigger than what you see in front of you. In fact, that also goes to the whole essence of what Hanukkah is. It says that the, the Gemara says that... Um, that Purim was the Saif, was the last of the Nisim that happened to Kali Sauce. The Gemara asks, what do you mean? Was what, what what does it mean? They, what about Hanukkah? Isn't what isn't what isn't there Hanukkah? So the Gemara says, no, it's the last of the Nisim that's given over to be written down. It's written down. So on the surface, what that appears to be saying is that Purim has a connection, even though Purim is not a Yamtuf in the Torah itself, but it's a Yamtuf that's connected to Navua, connected to to Tanakh connected to that level of connection to the Yerushalmi that's a, that's a, that's a, that's, a, that's a whole different level. Hanukkah, on the other hand, is not neat and mikasev. It's not, not. It's not supposed to be. There's no Megillah for Hanukkah. There's no. There's no connection to the Church of There's no connection to Nevoah, etc. So on the surface, it seems to be saying something that Purim is on some some level greater than Hanukkah. But perhaps, perhaps with this insight that we're seeing now, is seeing a whole different idea. When you write something down. You define it. It becomes limited. It is simply what it expresses. It is the whole, the whole of it can be quantified by what's been written about it. This is the Yamtav. I can now understand what it is. But Hanukkah is Lonita Likasev. That means not because Lonita Likasev, because it's not on the high level of being Likasev, but because whatever Hanukkah will be will always be an expression of something that's more than what it what it itself is. It's greater than it's than itself. In fact, that's the whole idea of lighting the menorah when you light the menorah of Hanukkah. The Gemara asks in one place, the Chazal asks, need light in the Mishkan? There's light in the Mishkan to tell me what? Because Akash needs light? Akash doesn't need light. The light is there to reflect that there's a deeper inner reality that, that, that speaks out, that goes beyond what this world is, that goes on, that reaches on a higher level. That's, the, that's exactly what it is. The... Um, the, the the idea is that the the talks about that we as as are Merkava, we're a chariot. It says Hashem Tilchal is like a shadow to Kalishol. Akash is expressed in the world, right? We we as our whole existence expresses um expresses a connection to the Rebunashon. Perhaps that's the pshat in the Medrash and the Yalkut Ruveni that we said that we mentioned before. 
it says, <coughs> it says, um, it says that Ruvain, right? Dudoim nosnu reach. What is that? What's the Indian of the Dudoim nosnu reach? It says that the that, that that's Ruvain. That refers to Ruvain, the Dudoi Ruvain, right? That that is that Ruvain was Maida, Ruvain gave a Haida to the Gemara, Ruvain on his chet was Maida, what was the inspiration for his Haida, the Gemara in Saita says, the Gemara says that the inspiration for his Haida, for his chet, of moving Yaakov Avinu's bed from the tent of of of, um, of, Zil, of Bilha into the tent of Leah, right, so that that that, that you that you messed with Yitzue Aviv, with your father's private matters, Ruben was Maida about that, what inspired him to be Maida was the Haidah of Yehuda, because when Yehuda was Maida on Tamar, so therefore Ruben said, I see that, that this Midah of Haidah is an expression of what itself, and that that is the Dudai Ruben quantify or, or, or signify the idea that Leah is dependent on Haidah, Leah doesn't get doesn't have her children, Yisachar and Zvulun, because of something that she did. She gets to go something because she gave over the Dudayim to Rachel Imeinu. She gave over the Dudayim to Rachel. She was mighty that her chilek is not from herself. She's mighty to the fact that she's more than what she deserves to be. And still, and therefore, with that, she's, she's Zoycha to the Megadim, to the Megadim, uh, uh, um, to, the, to the Megadim, uh, the Medrash says, what's a, can be a parallel to understand what that Medrash is talking about is a king gives over to his servant a, a uh, an orchard to look after. So the servant's looking after the orchard. He hears one day that the king's coming to visit. So what does he do? He takes a whole pile of fruit and he piles them up right next to the entrance to the, to the orchard. So the king comes by and he sees the fruit piled by the entrance to the orchard and he says to himself, he says, oh, if there's this much fruit piled by the entrance to the orchard, can you imagine how much more there is inside the orchard? Meaning, I'm not just looking at what's here in front of me. What's in front of me is only an indication of something that's bursting out that's greater than itself. The idea of Ruvain, the Dudai Nos Nureach, is the Haidah of Ruvain, this Midah, this, this coming to the full expression of who Leah is, of Haidah, brings out the Chedanes of Hanukkah, brings out the miracle of what Hanukkah really is, that, that, that possibility of being able to express something that's greater than ourselves from within. That's what we're looking to do. So the, 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 the juxtaposition of Ruvain and Yosef, you, excuse me, Yehuda and Yosef, the, the chet of Yehuda and Yosef, the, the expression of their greatness is Yehuda is the, is the greatness of Yehuda is in the haidah, haid, in the, in, the, in, the, in the concept of I'm not telling myself, I'm bigger than what I am, there's more to me than what I can simply contain, it, it bursts out of me on a, on a level that's much greater, that's the yamtaf of Hanukkah, that's a keneged, the yamtaf of Yosef HaTzadik, which Yosef HaTzadik is, is Sholem Mitzchilosov HaTzofer, Yosef HaTzadik, it says that the Malachim, when they saw Adam Arishan, they wanted to be, they wanted to bring Korbanos to him, they wanted to bring, because, because they saw him as an as a manifestation of the Rebbe Hashem, because of the way he looked. And the part of the Medrash says, Yosef, Yosef HaTzadik looked exactly like Yaakov, Yaakov looked like Adam Arishan, that means that Yosef, and, and Yosef Yaakov, Adam, that, that train has that Yoifi, has that symmetry, has that perfection that appears to be one thing, but Yehuda transcends all of that because Yehuda says, "There's more to me than just myself. I'm a, I'm a tzirif of myself with the with the with 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 the Rebbe Shem." 
where the Bali Chuga stand. The Tzadikim Gemurim can't reach there because Tzadikim Gemurim only reached what they are on their own Madrigal, not on who they are. But the, the Yontem of Hanukkah says we have the potential to express something that's more than just ourselves. And that's the Ness of Hanukkah. You have this little this little jar of, of, of Shemen, this little Pach Shemen. And the little Pach Shemen, for what it is in and of itself, it can only contain one day worth of one day worth of, of, of lights or what, what, or what, that amount of that, that amount of energy. But the, but it goes ahead and it, it burns for eight days. It shows that from it comes the kayak that comes from within is more than what's what what what's what's expected over here. That's the yamtiv. That's how. That's what we were hoping for in yamtiv Hanukkah. That's the juxtaposition of Yehuda with 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 Yosef. Not to show that the Yehuda's haida, the haida of Yehuda is an expression of haid as opposed to yofi. As the, the beauty that the yofi that the parsha starts off with of Yosef translates ultimately into the height of Yehuda, the height of Yehuda, which ultimately translates into the Meshach and Yosef, which is a limitation of being able to see the Rimonisham for what everything that the world expresses, but to see it on a, on a higher level, to see that it's bursting out from itself, something that will have no gvul and no boundaries, unlimited, which is Mashiach and David, that's expressed through the Haida of Yehuda and through this, this Kayach of Yehuda. So the, the Kayach, the Kayachas of the Imos, of Leah, the height of Leah, which overpower ultimately overpowers the yofi, the yofi of, of Rachel Imenu to express itself as something fully as Chanukah, which is that yamtav, which creates the connection. That the Swasemis writes that the yamtav of Chanukah is like the farewell kiss of the Rebbeinu Shem as we transform from Tereshe Bixav into a world of Tereshe Malpeh, into a world where they were, into a world of, of, of from Nigla to Nister. But in the Nister, what we're saying is that there's something more. There's a there's a light that, that, that stands. There's a light that continues to burn no matter what happens. It's always lit. The Ner Maravi continues to burn throughout. And it's the, that's that potential that we want to tap into on Hanukkah, which is a potential that is beyond, that can't even be contained in writing, not because it's but it's because it can't be limited by an expression of writing, but rather by an expression of what it is, which is interesting to that in the, in the <coughs> even in the Mishnah, which is the codified version of the Tereshim Alpeh, which is put into Ksav, even there, the Hanukkah barely appears. The only place we find Hanukkah is in is in the expression of Talmud. But Talmud is the expression of something that is unlimited. We have to we can tap into that potential and bring out the unlimited reality of that goes beyond all the beauty, the yoifi of the perfection of what we see in Torah, but expanding it so that we can connect to something that's bigger than ourselves. That's ultimately what we're trying to do. All right, have a wonderful Shabbos.